clinicians can participate in MIPS as an individual, as a group, or a virtual group. CMS offers a variety of flexible ways to report your 2018 MIPS data. Joining me today is Dr. Paulo Andre, who is the CEO and founder of MD Interactive, and he is here today to talk about MIPS registry submission. Welcome, Dr. Andre. Dr. Andre, I will begin by asking you, how can registries help eligible clinicians be successful in the MIPS program? So registries are one-stop uh, MIPS reporting solution where clinicians can uh, log in and on the web and start reporting MIPS data. And uh, they support staff attached with registries, so if customers have questions about MIPS, the, the staff can help. The staff can review the data entered and make sure that uh, the clinicians get the, uh, avoid penalties and can reach their MIPS reporting goals. Restricts typically are connected to Medicare. Uh, the software is connected with Medicare with something called a API, and so the data that is submitted by the physicians after the physician approves it can be submitted directly to Medicare and can get um, a MIPS score. So uh, customers can create accounts with a registry and then they, they can start reporting data using multiple ways. They can enter data manually. They can send extract files from their EHR. They can extract files from their billing uh, software. They can send that data to the registry, and the registries typically process that. They calculate the performance for each quality measure, and then they can send that to Medicare. Thanks, Dr. Andres, for that um, response. It seems like registries offer a full line of support to clinicians. Um, another thing I'm wondering is, you know, the MIPS program has four categories. Um, clinicians will be scored on those four categories that are participating in the program. So can you talk a little bit about which of the categories registries support? So there are four MIPS categories, quality, promoting interoperability, improvement activities, and cost. The cost is something that is calculated by Medicare. The physician does not need to do anything, does not need to report anything at all. The Medicare just gives them a, a cost score. And the other three categories, like quality, uh, promoting interoperability, and improvement activities can be reported with a registry, and they can re be reported together or separate. So a physician can use a registry to report quality and can use the the QPP websites to report improvement activities. Um, so there are, you are not forced to report the three quality, uh, the three categories with the registry, but you can do it. So Dr. Andre, what I hear you saying is that eligible clinicians can use a registry to report on one category, such as the quality category, and um, they can attest themselves for promoting interoperability and improvement activities. Or they can use the registry to report on all three of the categories that they need to actually um, submit data for. 
So um, the next question I have for you is um, how can or how are eligible clinicians adding their data to the registry's platform? Is this a manual process? It, will this be a file upload method that they can use? Also, can you speak to the level of technical support that the registry will offer to clinicians in achieving this task? So there are several ways to uh, send data to a registry. Uh, the many uh, physicians still use a manual way of just typing in the data, or they ask their staff, please report this measure, or they can um, uh, extract data from the EHR and then uh, send a file to the registry and the registry can process the file. If um, a registry, uh, uh, if the client is having trouble uh, downloading data, they can call the registry and typical registries can do um, a, set, a remote session and depending which EHR, they can help the, the physician or the office staff to download the files. But the registries can accept, uh, each registry is different, but they can accept uh, like EHR reports, QRDA files, billing files. Um, you can have Excel templates and text files. And um, it, everything depends on what registry you choose. Uh, for certain EHRs, they can, they also can uh, allow a direct one-to-one -one connection through an API. Let's place a focus on an aspect that we all know is important when tracking data for quality improvement. Many of my clients like having the ability to review their performance before submission to CMS. Tell me a little bit about what type of comparative and analytical tools the registries may have available that will enable a clinician in his or her practice to identify gaps or look at their scores before submission. So typically a registry is connected to the, the QPP or the CMS um, scoring interface. So in practical terms, what it means is that when a customer enters data on the registry, the registry uh, software automatically contacts Medicare uh, and asks Medicare what type of score you're going to get on this measure. And then uh, this is done all uh, automatically. And then the customer can know, it, okay, this is this uh, measure, like if you have on the if you reported the medication documentation and you have a score of 99%, this will get you a score of nine MIPS points on your quality. Uh, typically, this is very, uh, it's automatic on the registries. And um, based on that, the, the physician um, can choose different measures or maybe go back to his, his or her data and see if they can find extra um, if the measure was performed or not and you can adjust the data if you find out that someone forgot to on the, the medical record to enter some data you or was written in a way that was not captured they can they can be captured and then physicians can see how they are doing and the physicians can start entering data from January 1st 
And uh, so during the year, they can review their score continuously. So they could log in uh, end of January and see, okay, I have five points on this measure uh, compared to the national, this all that is compared to national benchmarks. And then in February, they do an extra effort and now the, their performance go higher and they can see, oh, I'm getting seven points. And they can, um, so they can um, see what they need to do in order to improve their quality scoring and the points they are getting. Dr. Andre, tell our listeners what are some advantages um, to using a registry? There are several advantages to using the registry. One of them is that there are more quality measures that uh, clinicians can choose to report. Uh, for example, for a, re a qualified registry can report 248 different quality measures uh, during 2018. There are only 54 quality measures on a EHR, and uh, that uh, some specialists could feel that uh, the measures on EHR don't apply. Also, on the claim submission, there are only 72 quality measures. Uh, comparing registry with claim submission, uh, once you submit a claim the, with a G, the appropriate G code for a quality measure, if you forgot to do that for a few patients or you start late, you cannot go backwards. Even if you know that the patient was a smoker or not a smoker, once you build a patient in January, you cannot resubmit the data on the claim in, um, in July. With the registry, you can, uh, you can, you have until the deadline of the registry to send the data, so you can go backwards and increase your score. And uh, you, with the registry, also you can follow up the the scores and see what you're doing during the entire year. And uh, Medicare experience in the past comparing claims and registries, they noticed that the physicians have less uh, penalties compared to submitting with claims. Okay. And one of the, oh, one of the things you can do, the, if, if someone is reporting with claims, uh, and actually a majority of physicians in the United States do that for reporting MIPS and uh, PQRS in the past, you can log into the QPP website and you can review the measures you reported and if you to see if, uh, how you're scoring. How can those practices that are not using an electronic health record utilize a registry to submit MIPS data? So uh, practices without the HR can still use the registry and they can create an account and they can start tracking the data directly um, on the registry. So if uh, they see a patient, uh, John Doe, and they ask the patient if he smokes or not, they can enter the data John Doe does not smoke into the registry, and then they can use that to track the, that quality measure. Or if maybe they don't have a EHR, but they can have an Excel file that they just type in the names of their patients. and. Um, and they like track different quality measures. At the end, they can upload those files to the registry and the registry will process the data and, and give a performance uh, rate for each measure. Um, some practices could decide instead uh, to use uh, G codes on their claims. Uh, 
So, and um, even if the measures cannot be reported with claims, they can track that on the claims, and then um, at the end of the year or every six months, send the, the claims file to the registry, and the registry can process that file and give them um, um, a reporting score and report that later to uh, to, uh, to Medicare. So, there are different ways that uh, a registry can help a physician without the EHR report data. As you know, the submission window has opened for 2018 MIP submission into the CMS portal. Clinicians can submit and update their data at any time until April the 2nd, 2019 at 7 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Are there different sets of deadlines for those clinicians that are using registries? Do registries impose data cutoff times? Can you tell our listeners a little bit about registry deadlines? So it's important to contact every registry that you, and find out the deadlines because it, um, even if Medicare is accepting data until April 2nd, because the registry reviews the data from the customer before submitting it, or if the customer sends some files and they need to be transformed into uh, processed, these uh, can take time. So it, every registry usually have uh, a cutoff time for accepting data from customers. Um, and the interactive our registry has a cutoff uh, deadline of March 1st, 2019. Uh, but other registries can be different. They can say March 15, other could be February 15. Other registries could be already closed um, in terms of new data. So it's very important for customers to contact their registry and to find out these deadlines because uh, it's not the first time, but um, in, we report uh, MIPS for and uh, PQRS for over 10 years, and uh, sometimes on the de last day of the deadline from CMS, uh, some customers try to like submit data, and they get surprised that uh, it's just they cannot do it. So being familiar with the individual registry deadlines, it seems to be critical and very important for clinicians to make sure that they are doing that. Um, so thanks for giving us that heads up, Dr. Andre. Once the registry has done the submission, is it a standard practice to notify the clinicians that they can go out to the QPP submission portal and view the registry submission? Yes, so typically a registry can send an email to the customer after the submission, uh, telling the, the physician that the data was submitted. and. Um, can advise it to be advisable for the physician if they have a QPP account to go and verify the data if it was submitted, if the scores looked at what they expect. Um, depending on uh, each registry, they, uh, you could have, you can see some of the feedback on the on the registry itself. Um, but. Um, Having an account on a QPP website is important too because uh, you can have the full picture there. One thing, if, if a physician, for example, decides to report quality with claims but do the PI uh, um, category and IA with the registry, the registry will not have access to the quality data so and the final score. Okay. Um, okay. 
for for really following back up after they've gotten that submission um, email from their registry is important so they can go out um, and check their status on the QPP portal themselves. Yes, some registries also, if the physician gives authorization, we can access their QPP portal so we can review their their data there too. But okay. for that, for having a full view, the customer needs to give permission to the, to the registry. Thanks, Dr. Andre. This has been a very helpful discussion. For those listeners that would like to know how to locate a registry, you can visit the QPP website at qpp.cms.gov. You can navigate to the resource library where you can find a document titled Qualified Registry Posting for a complete list of CMS-approved registries. Dr. Andre, those listeners who would like to reach out to someone at MD Interactive, can you tell them the best way to reach out to you? So they can go do live chat at mdinteractive.com or they can email support at mdinteractive.com or call us at 1-800-634-4731 and uh, our support staff can answer questions between 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be sure to join us for the remaining podcast on speaking out on the quality payment program. For more information about QPP, MIPS, and APMs, you can visit Telligen's website at www.telligenquinqio.com or the QPP website at www.qpp.cms.gov. You can also stay up to date on health-related news, workshops, and webinars by following Telligen Quinn on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn.